Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conflict of Interest. I'm your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, alongside with my other host, Dan Kelly. How you doing, Dan? What's going on? Rich, you're already wrong. You, you got to start with this, man. It's the first ever week 18 in the NFL, man. Let's go. Week 18 in the NFL. I am currently watching the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles play for positioning. Uh, Saturday night football week 18. How do you like the NFL festivities on a Saturday? Let's 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 kick that off. Who doesn't like more football? You know, spread it out. I'm I'm fine with it. We just saw the Chiefs and Broncos play a close game up until the end, 28-24 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Rich, have your thoughts on the Chiefs gotten like higher, lower? What's your belief on them? Are they still the superpower they once were last season and the season before that? The Kansas City Chiefs are a confusing team to me. They are struggling with the same players they were so successful with in previous years. And I'm I'm looking at the Chiefs and I'm expecting them to turn it on at some point of the season, but it hasn't happened. And now you're looking, we're in week 18. So it's so in the back of my mind, because of the players they have, even in the playoffs, I expect them to turn it on. But the reality is they might not be able to turn that switch on, the Kansas City Chiefs. Once again, guys, that final was 28-24 in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to read you, to you some of the stats from that game, Rich. And we have Tyreek Hill coming in with one reception for two yards. Travis Kelsey, four receptions for 34 yards. The leading rusher on the Kansas City Chiefs was Patrick Mahomes, who also had the most carries by any player on the Kansas City Chiefs. Nine carries, 54 yards. They squeak out with the W. But these were starters playing in this game against Denver, an important game nonetheless for Kansas City. Losing could have dropped them down. What are your thoughts on, on the big three not having the greatest of games? It's it's surprising. It's surprising. Now, a lot of people, a lot of Josh Allen haters like to talk about regression because his numbers are down a little bit, right? But I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. Did, do they have some regression in their individual star players? And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, you know, what if Melvin Gordon held on to that football today and didn't fumble from, uh, didn't fumble the ball? What if Mark Ingram wasn't able to get that fumble? We probably would be talking to, about a completely different outcome from this game against the Denver Broncos. What if Nick uh, uh, Vangio uh, had a pair of cojones and go for it when there's four minutes left in your season and you're not you're not making the playoffs and you have nothing to lose instead of kicking a field goal? It it, it could have been another outcome there as well. So it, it it's. Is some head scratchers going on with the Kansas City Chiefs that I can't quite pinpoint because I don't cover them on a daily basis, but it does make you wonder. And you mentioned it yourself, Rich, at one point this season. There's really no team that's unbeatable. There's no clear-cut number one. Don't get me wrong. There's a number one seed, a number two seed, so on and so forth. Those are the teams with the best records. But even teams like that can lose in any any fashion, any way, any given Sunday is the motto of this season. Any given Saturday, any given Tuesday, any given Monday, who cares? Whatever day the game is on, it can go either way. Rich, 
I want to take a moment to thank everybody. Okay. Thank all the listeners out there that, that are enjoying this podcast. And I want to thank the Jacksonville Jaguars organization because I believe they're listening to our podcast too. Okay, Rich, they got a head coaching interview with none other than former Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien. A lot of people are laughing. A lot of people are laughing at this move. So I want to get your thoughts first, and then I'll, I'll give you some of mine. Well, the reason why a lot of people are laughing is because we remember, or people often remember what you do last, right? We remember you from what happened last. And what happened last with Bill O'Brien is – he went 4-0 before he got his exit, before he was fired with the Houston Texans. What we remember about Bill O'Brien last is him trading DeAndre Hopkins for a, a, a second and a fourth round pick and David Johnson. One of the worst trades that I, I witnessed in, 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 my, in my life existence. So that's what we remember Bill O'Brien as. At the same time, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they probably see some success with Bill O'Brien. Seven years as a head coach, he had only one losing season in seven years. He went four and 12, uh, uh, one season, right? So one losing season in seven years. Uh, Bill O'Brien uh, is not like he's a, a bad coach. Uh, I just wouldn't give him uh, player personnel decisions. That's exactly what I'm going to get into, Rich, is do not give him all the power. Let him be the head coach. Don't let him be the GM. He he does not have the best decisions at the management level, but he can be the head coach of your football team and do a pretty good job. You mentioned it yourself, only one losing season. Is he the smartest guy? Maybe not. And, and for, for your trade proposal there, another one you want to mention on that list, LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso. Another trade yes. involving a running back that actually went the opposite way than you would expect. Yes, A, a trade in favor of the other team. But I don't think it's as laughable as people think. Like, I understand, you know, the memes about Bill O'Brien and stuff like that. But there are worse candidates for the job. Mm -hmm. And you got to you gotta find what fits you. If, if they think Bill O'Brien fits them, you remember what he did with Matt Schaub. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that was a successful Houston Texans team, be it that they couldn't get past the New England Patriots. Who was getting past the New England Patriots in the 2010s? Nobody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it happens. I I don't think it's the worst move. I just don't want people to be laughing about it the way they are. The only thing I would ask uh, if I was a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, only thing I would ask of their organization is what color, is, what color clown costumes are they wearing this week? <laughs> yes, but that too. What color clown, clown costumes? I'm, I'm excited to see the game to see if the people are actually going to do that. <laughs> so I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that up. And as well, uh, player, player, coach relationships. Urban Meyer didn't have the greatest relationship with his players. I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars team tuned him out after a while. Bill O'Brien, he was rubbing players the wrong way before he left the Houston Texans. So the Jacksonville Jaguars should do their due diligence, should do their do their homework. Uh, check on the, the player head coach relationship uh, for Bill O'Brien around the NFL because uh, you want you want your coach to be respected. You want your coach to have the 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 locker room presence when when he's talking. So uh, those things are important in constructing and building a team. So I hope the Jacksonville Jaguars organization do their homework, do their due diligence. We're we're all friends here. I, I want to share a story with you and, and all the viewers. Back in 2017, I attended the Bills and Jags game. 
Uh, this was the game when Jalen Ramsey was still in Jacksonville and he was calling Josh Allen trash. Bills go on to win that game. I'm the kind of person, Rich, who who doesn't leave right after right after the game's over. I, I sit there, I enjoy the moment, you know. So I go I go to walk out of that game and I see a bunch of security guards walking past me and and Shad Khan walks past me mm. with, with his security team. And I just I, I gave him a quick look and I and I asked him, I said, how are you feeling now? And he just shook his head at me, just just a just a no. Just a so no. yeah, that, that's a, that was his only thought. But <laughs> if you guys have not heard, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans are planning to wear clown costumes because they are sick of Shad Khan. They are sick of the way that that organization is run. And Rich, can you blame them? This is going to be quite the sight to see if as many fans are saying it are actually going to do it. All the Jacksonville Jaguars fans on Twitter have the emoji with Shad Khan's mustache on a clown face. I think there's going to be some some people in the stands doing this for sure, Rich. Thousands of people at the games uh, is a high prop possibility that they're going to have a, a, a few uh, a few fans doing that, and deservingly so, man. These fans, or uh, us as fans, we want to see a good product on the field. We pay our hard-earned money to see this good product on the field. A lot of us pay our hard earned money to see this product and we don't even have the money, <laughs> right? So we 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 wanna see the good product and Shad Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars organization has been a dumpster fire for years and it starts as, at the top, right? So we can't blame the, the fandom for feeling the, the disgrace that the Jacksonville organization product and team puts out. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. It needs to get fixed. Is it going to be fixed in one offseason? Most likely not, but you have to get moving in the right direction. And everybody in Jacksonville thought that that was going to happen after the selection of Trevor Lawrence. It obviously didn't. They're going to go into the draft with possibly the number one pick again. I believe they may have it locked up after Detroit won a couple of games. Rich, running backs, a dime a dozen. To a degree, to a degree, let's say, because there there are certain backs that can change the game. One of the backs that can change the game, Rich, is in Carolina. Goes by the name Christian McCaffrey. Where's number twenty-two? If you're un, you know, not not aware of him, because he's only played in a couple of games this year, seven games this year, three games last year. A guy who's had a heavy workload. What what are your thoughts on McCaffrey's future? Is it with the Panthers? Well, what are your thoughts on him as a player? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, the player, when he's on the field, is an, is an exceptional player. He is an exceptional football player uh, coming out the backfield. He can catch the ball. He can run receiver routes very crisp and very well. Uh, I like uh, Christian McCaffrey as a dual threat option, and uh, we see – uh, through his uh, through his past, why the Carolina Panthers elected to give him the contract. But as far as his injury history, 10 games in two years, uh, ankle, hamstring, thigh injuries, lower extremity injuries are playing a significant role in, in why Christian McCaffrey isn't playing. And with that contract that he signed, uh, it's it's a very steep one, and I'm not sure how the Carolina Panthers are going to wiggle their way out of this contract because he is due a lot of money. Uh, he's due a lot of money over the course of the next four years, and 
uh, you were just alluded to a couple of minutes ago that the running back position could be a position where it, it, it could be a, a dime a dozen position, right? You look at the Buffalo Bills, we complain about our rushing attack a lot, but when you look at the statistics, they're top 10 in the NFL in rushing. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles right now, who's currently playing the Dallas Cowboys, they have guys like Kenny Gangwell and Miles Sanders in their backfield, and they're one of the top rushing attacks in this NFL. You're forgetting about quarterbacks, Rich. Quarterbacks yes, also rush course. on the teams. And that's, of course. that's definitely an aspect of the Philadelphia Eagles game and mm -hmm. an aspect of the Buffalo Bills game. Mm -hmm. But I want to get to McCaffrey's usage, okay? Because over the past couple of seasons, obviously drafted in 2017, he's gotten a lot of touches. It's not always a lot of carries, but you mentioned he's a dual threat kind of guy. So he, what he reminds me of, and I don't want this to be misconstrued, it's kind of like Le'Veon Bell when he was in Pittsburgh. You're, you're mm -hmm. giving him so much workload, such a young guy, gave him a huge, huge contract, which Pittsburgh didn't do, by the way. Le'Veon obviously, you know, sat smart. out for the year and, and didn't, you know, sign, which, I mean, not smart by him. <laughs> like, he could have got that big deal from Pittsburgh. He wanted more, obviously not going for that anymore. But that's what it reminds me of is the situation. Andrew Luck, like where he's burnt out, he's getting hit because he's the only – He's the only really asset on that Carolina Panthers team. But I want to get to another aspect of the Panthers, Rich. And this was announced by Adam Schefter about five hours ago. And that's that they plan to keep Matt Rule going into next season. One of your guys on the hot seats all year. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, on Matt Rule remaining with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, I did have him on my hot seat uh, earlier in this year as, as a guy that possibly should and could be fired uh he's going into year two he's had matt rule he's had problems uh striking gold on the quarterback position like a like a vangio and like other teams that are struggling right so the carolina panthers organization is trying to give him another year to write that ship in terms of uh turning around the carolina panthers franchise will it happen i'm not sure Sam Donald's still the quarterback. There's still a lot of answers. There's still a lot of things that have to get answered. This offseason is going to be a pivotal offseason for the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, and that entire organization. What are you going to do about the quarterback position? Are you going to go ahead and try to go get Aaron Rodgers? Are you going to go ahead and try to get Russell Wilson? I think those guys have to be on the radar for this Carolina Panther team because if they don't get a quarterback of an upgrade, uh, next year will be Matt Rule's last year in the Carolina Panthers organization. A few other names to watch out for if you're talking about quarterback for, for this coming offseason, Deshaun Watson mm, and yep. Tua, Tua Tungavailoa because Miami is still expected to either fight for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. That, that coming from a lot of Miami Dolphins writers and media members with the Dolphins. But going back to Matt Rule, I don't know how I feel about it, Rich, because I think there are certain guys who get fired too soon. A guy like a guy like Doug Peterson, who you mentioned mm -hmm. could be a candidate for Jacksonville, maybe got fired a little bit too soon. So giving Matt Rule a chance at another year, I'm okay with it. And and you also have to remember McCaffrey being out this year, maybe his vision wasn't truly lived up to. And they they believe in him in that organization. So is it right? Is it wrong? We can't tell you that. 
We can tell you that he's going to be there. And and some people are going to be happy about it. Maybe it's the opposing team that is happy that he's coaching that team. But, Rich, a little bit of a hot take there. Hot seat, hot take, you know, with these coaching. I want to go to the opposite. The opposite of a hot take. The opposite of the hot seat. And not a cold one. We're not going back to the Icy Mike's Day. Shout out Mike Shimberski. But we're going to the best of the best, Rich. And I want to get to our award predictions for this season. We're going to start with the coach of the year. And I'm going to have you kick us off with the coach of the year. Uh, uh, season awards. Coach of the year. Uh, last year, the AP coach of the year was Kevin Stefanski. He went 11. I don't five. think he's winning it this year. I I highly doubt Kevin Stefanski is winning this year. But this, uh, this year, I think, is a coach that should have won last year. And that is... Uh, Green Bay head coach Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, 13 and 3 this year, number one seed. He's 30, he's 39. He has 39 wins in three seasons. He's been 13 and 3 each of his first three seasons with the Green Bay Packers. It is time to give that man his just due. Time to give that man his credit. I know he has Aaron Rodgers over there, but Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be the reason Matt LaFleur shouldn't win coach of the year. Before Matt LaFleur became a Green Bay Packers head coach, 2018, the Green Bay Packers were 6-9-1. 2017, the Green Bay Packers were 7-9. Now, three years later, into Matt LaFleur's tenure with the Green Bay Packers, he's accumulated 39 wins, averaging 13 wins a season. Matt LaFleur, AP coach of the year this year in the NFL. Rich. You, you got to agree. You, you got to you agree. Know, you know the deal here. It, it's the conflict of interest. We won't always agree, and that's okay. And Rich, you're wrong. I, I'm no, sorry. I got to hear wrong. it. I got to hear it. And there's, there's two reasons you're wrong, okay? Number one is the fact that whether you're talking NFL, NBA, MLB, NCAA, anything like that, right? Everybody likes the shiny new toy. Aaron Rodgers is not the shiny new toy anymore. The coach of the year, Rich, is in Cincinnati, and his name is Zach Taylor. Wow. Because Zach the way Taylor. the way that the way that these awards work is they give it to like it's kind of like a most improved thing. It's like, hey, you turn this organization around. Here's your coach of the year thing. The one who didn't get it, Sean McDermott. Should have got it a couple of years ago when the Bills broke the drought, made the playoffs. It was a huge year for Buffalo in the NFL as a whole because Buffalo was back in the playoffs. But Kevin Stefanski won it last year for turning that Cleveland Browns team around. So I'm going Zach Taylor. It's not all about Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor, another young guy. You mentioned Matt LaFleur. I think this is going to be definitely a race maybe between the both of them of super young head coaches being considered for this award. A lot of people are going to say Bill Belichick. What are your thoughts on that argument? Could Belichick possibly steal the head coach of the year award? Nah, I don't think so. Uh, Bill Belichick, he's done a tremendous job. The New England Patriots are are back in playoff contention after a one-year hiatus, right? Uh, incredible job, to say the least. But coach of the year, best coach in the NFL this year? No, I don't. I do not agree with Bill Belichick, and uh, I don't think he'll win coach of the year. I actually like – I don't think Zach will win either, but I'm not opposed to it. I like the pick. 
I like the pick he's done. It, it's a, an it's a good job. candidate, a good yes, candidate by both good. of us. I think Lafleur, Lafleur is a good one. I don't know if I was expecting that one to come out of you, but let's let's go into offensive player of the year, Rich. I'm going to kick us off with offensive okay. player of the year. What you got? And it, it's the fact that the MVP stands for the most valuable player, right? That's mm-hmm. what the MVP award is, but it's really not. The MVP award is always going to go to a quarterback. We can rename it the quarterback award, and th- and that's what we can call it. The offensive player of the year, Rich, is Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. He he honestly may have surpassed Derrick Henry to me in in the way in the way that he has performed this year. His yards after contact, Rich, would is second among yards total in the NFL. He's first in yards, and then his yards after contact is second above who's second to him in rushing yards in total. Jonathan Taylor proven to be a beast this year. I want to get some of his stats for you guys because they are absolutely ridiculous. For a running back in today's league, we call them a dime a dozen, right? Jonathan Taylor, definitely not a dime a dozen type of player. Correct, no. Rich? No, I agree with that. Yes. You, you do agree with that? You I sure? agree with that. I'm positive. <laughs> 16, over 1,000 yards and 18 touchdowns. Mm-hmm ridiculous numbers mm-hmm. from Jonathan Taylor. I want to yep. hear, I want to hear your rebuttal here, or is it going to be an agreeance on the conflict of interest? And that is, I'm, I'm saddened to say this, but I do agree. Jonathan Taylor is praise be Jesus. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is indeed the offensive player of the year. 1734 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry, 342 receiving yards, and a couple more touchdowns in the air. Only uh, four Jeff, fumbles, four fumbles for Jonathan Taylor this year. He's been he's been tremendous for for the Indianapolis Colts. He's put that team on his back and possibly is carrying them to the playoffs. They don't have much weapons. I really like uh, Michael Pittman as a weapon, but beyond Michael Pittman. It's it's the Jonathan Taylor show, and they've been doing an incredible job featuring him. Everybody knows he's the feature guy, and opponents still are having trouble stopping him. Incredible season, Jonathan Taylor, offensive player of the year. Taylor also averages over a hundred yards per game rushing. When yes. when you know they're running the football, it's it's ridiculous to see. He's fast. He's strong. He's smart. He is he is the Indianapolis Colts, and, and I'm I'm glad we agreed at least on one, Rich. Yep. Let's go to let's go to defensive player of the year. And, and I think we may agree again. I'm gonna let you kick us off with this one. Pass rusher, linebacker, safety. What are your thoughts? Because a cornerback has won this award before. Yes, a cornerback has won this award award before. The only cornerback this year that has the is probably going to get a vote or two, maybe Trayvon Diggs, because he has double-digit interceptions. But he is not my defensive player of the year. I don't think he'll be the NFL's defensive player of the year either. Uh, this year's NFL defensive player of the year is, is TJ Watt. Oh, no! TJ, TJ freaking <laughs> Watt, man. 21 and, a half, 21 and a half sacks. He has a chance to break... Michael Strahan's record. You're talking about four forced fumbles, six pass defended, and every year he's gotten better. Every year he he's picked up his sack production. He came in the league in 2017. He had seven sacks. 2018, he had 13. 2019, 14 and a half. 2020, 15 sacks. And now 2021, 
21 and a half sacks. Like J.J. Watt was once defensive player of the year, now his brother T.J. Watt should be defensive player of the year. And I assume with, with, with the outbursts, you do agree. <laughs> this is a conflict of interest, man. I know, Come on. I know. I know. It's T.J. Watt. And yeah, uh, you, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned his brother, of course, J.J., has three Defensive Player of the Year awards. This is going to be the first going in T.J.'s cabinet. He's been a monster on defense, a game-changing player on the defensive side of the ball. There's nobody like him. You mentioned Trayvon Diggs. He'll probably get some votes. But, mm -hmm. but people need to realize that Trayvon, not Stefan, let's talk Trayvon for a second. Mm -hmm. He He's a guy that goes for it all all the time he has the most yards given up by any player this mm -hmm. year i don't think it's just rookies i think it's by any player he gets beat he's not everything he's being shown to be he's got great hands he's a good corner but he's not top 10 level corner in the nfl yet he's still a rookie mm -hmm. let's go to defensive rookie of the year is it trayvon diggs for defensive rookie of the year um is michael parsons his teammate his teammate, Michael Parsons, is the defensive rookie of the year. 84 tackles, 64 solo. He has 20 tackles for loss and 13 sacks. Michael Parsons, he, he can play multiple positions. He played the linebacker position well. He can blitz well. I've seen him in instances where he's covering other receivers. Uh, Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons is, is a part of the big play defense for the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys defense seemed to be very opportunistic. The entire defense seemed to be all or nothing. And Micah Parsons is, is one of those players that inject a lot of energy and playmaking ability for that defensive team for the Dallas Cowboys. And in my opinion, he is indeed the defensive rookie of the year. I think it's definitely going to be a Dallas Cowboy I don't know if it's going to be Micah Parsons, though. With all I said about Trayvon Diggs, I think Micah Parsons may get the award if it's if it's a different voting system. But being that a lot of this is popularity-based and Diggs has double-digit amount of interceptions, I don't know if they're going to overlook that. I, I think it's definitely going to go to one of these two Cowboys. You can maybe flip a coin up in the air and call it because Micah Parsons has been having a great year based on almost every stat. Mm -hmm. Diggs with just those interceptions gets in mm -hmm. the conversation that this award's probably going to be in Dallas and, and props, props to them, props to their head coach. And, and the fact that they've done a great job, let's go to offensive rookie of the year, Rich. I'm going to kick us off. Call me a Bengals fan if you want, but this award's going to Jamar Chase, mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, offensive rookie of the year in the NFL, an absolutely crazy year reunites with his college quarterback. How often do we see a guy play with him in college, and then get to him in the NFL. It's, it's a great story to see. We saw it in Miami as well with Tua, but he is ridiculous this year, Rich. And if you're going to disagree, I'm going to call you a liar because Jamar <laughs> Chase has been that good. And I want to bring up my stats for you as, as you go, Rich. Now, Jamar Chase, we have to agree. I, it, it is the conflict of interest, but we're not stupid. <laughs> we, we know who is who and uh jamar chase there's been other guys Devontae smith jalen waddle but the numbers is just it just sticks out 
like a sore thumb. When you I do have him ready. 79 receptions, yep. 1,429 yards. Yep. And just ridiculous. 13 touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns as a rookie. And, and one thing I've noticed from Jamar Chase, and, and it's not his game resembles Tyreek Hill, but when he's got the ball in open space, he gets away from defenders. How often do you see that nowadays? Normally, when you're running down the field, there's somebody right behind you. They're going to catch up. But Jamar Chase does not get caught, and he's trusted by his quarterback, duly so, Jamar Chase, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And that LSU team, man, they had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as their receivers with Joe Burrow throwing them the ball and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield. That LSU program, the, the that collegiate program, uh, a bunch of talent, bunch of talent. Shout out the LSU program, man. One more, one more award, and it, and it's one that's not really talked about enough. I don't know if you have a candidate for this or not. They they do it. They do an NFL Play of the Year award, Rich. Do you think there's a play in your mind that you can remember being like, "Oh my goodness, that that's the play of the year." Wow, that is an excellent question. Um, play of the year. Oh man, nah, none, nothing, none come to mind. I know there's a lot of plays put me on the spot here. I know there was a lot of exceptional plays, uh, but none that none that comes to mind. I'm interested to hear what you got as far as play of the year. It, it's it's a tough call. It, it usually goes to one of those toe tappers on the sideline, something like that. Something something crazy where where you're not supposed to remain in bounds. The the only thing I can think of is. I believe Josh Allen won this award once for jumping over Anthony Barr. And it's not an award that's actually a physical award. It's kind of like, right. hey, before commercial break, they talk about it. But mm -hmm. I, I would go with it with a Josh Allen hurdle, maybe over Legereus Sneed. Like something like that is really, mm. really memorable. But again, me and Rich are, are Buffalo Bills fans. So exactly. we don't follow every team the same way. There could be a play that we're missing. I'm excited to see the candidates for this because yes. it's always interesting, you know, run of the year, stuff like that. It's things you don't think about because you're only thinking about the big awards. Right. And, you know, uh, now that we're diving a little deeper into this conversation, certain plays come up. I think that was a very now play of the year. Maybe not. But that was a very athletic play from the An Minnesota important Vikings. Play. Important it, play. Importance, I don't know, but athletic. The Minnesota Vikings <laughs> lineman, the tip pass a couple of weeks ago when the Minnesota lineman showed soft hands, uh, caught the ball before it hit the ground and took off running. He looked, he looked athletic. He looked agile. I think that was that was a, a, a excellent play coming from an offensive lineman. But I'm definitely going to keep thinking about it. I mean, the Robert Hunt play for Miami that wasn't a catch because he was ineligible downfield that is one of like the the runner-ups because the play doesn't count you can't you can't really discuss it but mm -hmm. yeah so, like such is life such is life and in the awards I, I want you guys to know as well there are multiple awards given out there is the nfl awards cbs has awards they give out fox has awards they give out pff has awards they give out so there's mm -hmm. going to be some some discussion on this i want you guys to know the ones that are are official are the nfl, NFL. awards the nfl Definitely. awards are the official ones like josh allen i believe won an offensive player of the year or something based on a different affiliate crowning him that last year mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean he's the nfl no. official offensive player of the year so i, I want right. you guys to be aware of that
Rich, conflict of interest. What do we do each week, every week? We disagree. Are you yep. ready to disagree on this week's slate of games? I'm I'm definitely ready to disagree on this slate of games. Are you are we are do you have an MVP of the league? Do I have an MVP of the league? Yes. Right now? Right now. Do you have an MVP? Do I have an MVP? We're gonna save the MVP talk for next week, Rich. The, right, the award, the award show. We're, we're gonna save that for a week. Wait till the final week of games is played because there there are certain candidates. There's Aaron gotcha. Rodgers. There's mm-hmm. Josh Allen, and those guys both have games to play. I want to mm-hmm. give you another week to think. I want to give me another week to think, and I want the viewers to sit there salivating for the next seven days before they hear our lovely voices again on the Conflict of Interest podcast. Fair enough. I like it. <laughs> So quick update for you guys. Cowboys and Eagles. Cowboys up by 10 here, end of the first quarter. But let's get to it, Rich. Divisional game. We're starting off. And then we're going to agree because this game is pretty boring. Washington football team at the New York football giants. Somebody's going to bring benches to the other team's stadium once again. Before we get into this, Rich, before we get into this game, Washington's name apparently leaked. I don't know if you heard about this. Apparently, and, and not 100%, this was a leak, not guaranteed, Washington Admirals may be the leader in, in the sweepstakes for their name change. Uh, interesting name. Interesting name. I've, I honestly got accustomed to calling them the Washington football team. Right. But it's but it's boring. How do you it market? Is. How do you market somebody known as a football team? I mean, you I guess you could market an admiral a little bit more. So I guess that's a bit more marketable. I don't official, care for official the, details February second for, yes. for the Washington news. Washington football team news. Washington admirals, admirals. Uh, hey man, if whatever the, whatever the Washington football team choose to change their name to, uh, uh, that is on them. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the Admirals, but hey, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. So I just hope I hope they come out with a good concept, a good logo, a good jersey. We've seen like the mm-hmm. Rams and the Chargers in the past come out with, with new stuff, and mm-hmm. it looks not great. And then you go on the internet and you search up something, and Joe Schmo from down the street created a logo that looks 10 times as good, a uniform combo that looks 30 times as good. It's insane. I want them to do their due diligence. They've had what? Two or three years now to come over with a name? Rich, mm-hmm. let's get to it. Washington's winning this football game. They're not going to lose to the New York Giants. No, I, I I don't think so. I would be surprised. The New York Giants, uh, they don't uh, have a quarterback right now that they can trust. Joe Judge is, is having press conferences thinking he's Bill Belichick, and he's not. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of things going on with the New York Giants that – uh, I don't particularly like. I'm not saying Washington football team and fighting on the sidelines is even better, but I think their coach is better and I think their team is a little better and Washington will win this game. One of the weirdest head coaching decisions of all time, the Giants hiring Joe Judge, a special yeah. teams a special teams coordinator for the New England Patriots. I understand he was with the Patriots, but does that mean I'm going to hire the water boy off the Patriots? Am I going to hire the guy who puts the shoes on Tom Brady? Like, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give him that that big of a role in my team in, in the future. But right. Washington has has proven that they're a little bit better. Divisional mm-hmm. games, always hard. I want to I mention that. Mm-hmm. I believe Daniel Jones still isn't playing, so we mm-hmm. know that the quarterback situation is not great. Barkley's still out, so Washington's probably going to win this one. Divisional games continue, Rich. Into Cleveland, Cincinnati Bengals. 
at the Cleveland Browns, Joe Burrow expected to rest. I believe it's, it's almost been confirmed 100% that he's not playing this week. And maybe some more starters rest. So are the Browns going to take this one due, due to those decisions by Zach Taylor? Um, I think it's a toss-up, man. Uh, Case Keenum is going to be starting for the Cleveland Browns. No, Baker, no Baker. No Baker. He elected to go ahead and 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 shut himself down and elect to get his surgery on his shoulder good, or whatever. Good for him because because as much slack as he's dealt with this season, he's been hurt a lot. And maybe maybe the smartest decision was him sitting on the bench a few weeks ago. But good for him for for making this decision for his own health because the Cleveland Browns would have keep kept playing him when it doesn't matter. And I'm not, I don't know Brandon Allen. I believe that's the quarterback starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know him particularly well. I don't know if he's a good or bad quarterback. Case Keenum at least have some type of success in the NFL. Uh, uh, Nick Chubb and those guys should be ready to play their last game of the season. Uh, I got the Cleveland Browns in this game. Rich, it's tough. We're, we're, we're agreeing again, man. And I, don't like it. I don't like it. I really don't because <laughs> it, it's just this is going to be close, and mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be because Cincinnati doesn't need to play for anything. But this Cleveland Browns team, what are they playing for? Just pride at this point. Just pride mm-hmm. for the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns. Mm-hmm. Divisional games always hard, but I think I think the Browns are going to play a little bit more tough. You, you mentioned the quarterback, Brandon Allen. Not not the worst, not the greatest. If I if I had to compare him to anybody that that you know of, I would give him like a um, a Jake Fromm kind of thing. How you mentioned okay. how he's like he's not super athletic, but he's he can be accurate at times. He's not he's not a starter, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so that's really all you need to know about Brandon Allen. Does he does he know the Bengals enough to to be able to put a good game together? Maybe we we've known Rich that this year backup quarterbacks have produced some hellish games. Josh Johnson a few weeks ago with Baltimore, the backups in Baltimore are having better games than some starters. Yes, but in, but in this contest, I think the Bengals are going to lose, and I I don't think they really care. And if mm-hmm. if you don't care, and the other team does, it's going to be hard to win that game. The divisional contest continue, Rich. And we're staying in the same division, Steelers and Ravens. The Steelers still fighting for a playoff spot. Baltimore still in the conversation as well. They need a lot of help, though. Is somebody going to win this game, Rich, first of all? And, like, how important is this? Because they both, both teams need help. Can they get it? Can one of them sneak into the playoffs? I, I I think it's going to take a lot of help, and I'm not sure if uh, the Ravens especially can overcome uh, what they've been through this season. They need a lot of help now to make it to the playoffs. I believe Tyler Huntley is the starter for the Baltimore Ravens in tomorrow's game. Tyler I, Huntley is the starter, yes. I actually like the Baltimore Ravens to win this game. I think the Baltimore Ravens are, are going to – beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Ben Roethlisberger final game in his NFL career in, in hopes to making the playoffs. Will they make it too much? It's too much to overcome. I don't think so, but against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they win that game against Pittsburgh tomorrow. Tell me you disagree. My brother, you're going to not take Mike Tomlin and this Pittsburgh Steelers team who is playing for their franchises 
hopes and dreams for the last 15 years in quarterback Ben Roethlisberger? I am going to disagree with you, A. Rich. Yes. This is the Conflict of Interest podcast, and this game's a hard one, guys. It is, because the Ravens' backup has has produced good games this year. And and be it the offensive coordinator, be it the, the system, I don't know what it is. They run the football. They don't really throw the ball all that well. They don't even have the weapons. I think mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick, scored his first touchdown via Josh Johnson. But this Pittsburgh Steelers team, you mentioned they have the defensive player of the year. They have TJ Watt. They they have a, a good, solid defense. And, and the reason the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to take this is because they need more help than the Steelers do. Whoever loses this game is out, no matter what. I don't know what happens if they tie. I'm not a I'm not an official NFL employee as much as I'd like to be to be able to tell you all that information. So one note, one note before we move on to this game. Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, is in COVID-19 protocols. So he will not be attending the game tomorrow. Mike Tomlin and senior defensive and assistant secondary coach uh, Terrell Austin will be hooking up to call defensive plays. So that should be interesting. (laughs) I trust that even more than I do their defensive coordinator. Mike Tomlin, a guy who... I didn't like after what he did against the Baltimore Ravens a couple of years ago on the Jacoby Jones kickoff return mm-hmm. when he was on the field. I was supremely against that. I don't know if there was a fine or, or what exactly happened. I believe something happened from the NFL. But mm-hmm. you, as much as we hate these guys being Buffalo Bills fans, Tom Brady and mm-hmm. these coaches, Mike Tomlin is, has earned my respect after all these years. He, he's done it. Not a single losing season in, in 15 years. And I, I think Pittsburgh takes this one. It, it's going to be close, though, Rich. So I know I know one of us is going to be bad-mouthing the other after this game ends, unless it's a 0-0 tie, which we'll get to later with the Chargers and Raiders. <laughs> Next up, Packers and Lions. Now, you took the Vikings last week, Rich. You took mm-hmm. the Vikings to beat the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. I don't think that went very well for you. Mm-mm. Are you going to not take the Packers again this week? No, I'm not going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to go ahead – and pick the number one team in the NFL, Green Bay Packers, over the Detroit Lions. And I like Dan Campbell a lot. I, I like what he's been able to do. I think that the Detroit Lions should be hopeful uh, for the future. I think they have a guy that cares and is passionate about the game and is, is going to coach the game the right way. But tomorrow is just a bit too much against one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL record-wise, of course, Green Bay Packers. I got them winning this game. I I can't disagree with you here. It's it's Aaron Rodgers and it's the Detroit Lions. Uh, it's it's like photosynthesis happens. Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to win this game, and and maybe we don't see Rodgers all day. Do they have the number one seed locked up in the NFC there? Ah, uh, thirteen and three, I believe so. I believe they so, do have. So maybe team. we don't see Rodgers uh, all day. Maybe. Uh, the Rams are twelve and four. The Rams and Cardinals okay. are twelve and okay. four. Okay, so, so they do they do have something to play for. So we probably we probably will see them depending on what the score is. But going off of what we know, it's any given Sunday, guys. I just want to tell you how how me and Rich do this. I believe I'm not in Rich's head. The only thing I know about Rich is that he's wrong, but. <laughs> We, we go on who we can trust more, the play, whether it be the players, whether it be the coaches, and the Packers have given us both a reason to trust them more than the Detroit yep. Lions. 
Most definitely. Next up, Colts and Jags. Now, this is a game that looms large because if the Indianapolis Colts lose this game to Jacksonville, and I know you've seen this scenario, Rich. Tell me you have. If the Colts lose to Jacksonville, the Raiders and Chargers can kneel out the entire clock for the entirety of the game, for the entirety of overtime, and both make the playoffs. Why would you do that? I just why I, not? Why that, why what? not, Rich? Why not just say, hey, hey, I want to play in the playoffs. So be it that my division rival makes it. You can guarantee your spot in the playoffs. It's not, I, I want to preface, guys, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. These, and, these guys have too much pride, too much to play for, but I just think it's a hilarious scenario. I would I I kind of want the Jacksonville Jaguars to win just to see. If that would actually happen, if that actually will come to fruition, but I don't even think it gets there. Indianapolis Colts wins this game. They lost last week. Yeah. They, they lost to, to the Raiders. to the Raiders, and they're. I don't think they're going to lose. <laughs> as much as I wanted to play out that way, I I want to see what happens. I want to. I would love to see with it. that I Colts and Raiders thing, but 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 like I said, th- those guys have too much pride. It's a division game. If if that happened, the NFL would would be putting rules in place to, mm-hmm. to not allow that in the future. So as much fun as it would be, it would come with a litany of problems. Mm-hmm. Colts over to the Jags. Again, just can't trust them. Trevor Lawrence has looked really bad, really bad. And and I want to talk about this with you, Rich, before we get into the next game. Quarterback, the, the most important position in all pro, pro sports. Mm-hmm. Always go like high in the draft, right? Number mm-hmm. one, number two top 10 guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have people going 32, Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen goes number seven. Jabbar Chase, Kyle Pitts goes number four. Like all these guys that go after the number one and number two overall picks as quarterbacks. And then the quarterback struggles for four years. What is up with that? Why are quarterbacks always going so early on in the draft if they can't produce at that level immediately? I th- I think a lot of it is is organizational issues. Uh, the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars, they don't have a competent coaching staff, and I think it it, it all players doesn't matter if you're the number one pick overall or the thirty second pick overall. These players coming out of college still needs to be coached and developed the right way. And Urban Meyer, and 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 Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator. They don't have a history. Urban Meyer doesn't have a history of developing coaches. We all knew that coming in. And and I was surprised that the Jacksonville Jaguars elected to go that direction. We talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen has stability with Sean McDermott. We talk about Lamar Jackson. He has stability with John Harbaugh. He has, these players have competent coaches to develop them properly. And I think that's what Trevor Lawrence and a lot of other quarterbacks that struggling is lacking. So would you say that was the same with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota when they went back to back one and two as well? Was it non-coaching staffs there as well? Is it always the coaching staff? No, I think uh, I think it's it's a combination of everything. Everything, uh, a, a, a big mole of clay, right? And everything has to be put together in order for things to work. And coaching staff, having the right coaching staff, along with having the right player to progress, along with 
uh, uh, the, the uh, players filling their potentials. Everything has to fit in order for the players to maximize their potential. So it's not only coaching, it's the players as well that have to do their jobs. It's just crazy how having a good pick like that can take years and years and years to develop. And then you see guys that go on later, go to the right situation, the right guy, feeling feeling the city. Josh Allen, prime example. He's a Buffalo guy. The guy feels like he was born down the road. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, I like that take. But let's get, let's get back to Rich being wrong. Bears and Vikings in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota disappointed you last week. Yeah. The Chicago Bears, however, we both picked to beat the Giants, and, and that happened. So are you going are you going Chicago Bears in this one? I am. I am going Chicago Bears. Uh I, I'm not sure who the quarterback's gonna be starting, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, but I I think uh both quarterbacks is capable of of beating uh the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm interested to see. The futures of these of both these head coaches after the game. I think Nagy is is possibly uh, a high possibility of him being gone, and I want to see what the Minnesota Vikings do with with Zimmer as well. So, can this be a game where the loser, the 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 head coach gets fired if they lose this game? Could it be one of those possibilities? It's going to be interesting to see. I have the Chicago Bears. Rich. We spoke about how some head coaches aren't given a fair shot, right? Has Matt Nagy been given his his due diligence in Chicago? You can debate it, right? It You can debate this topic of, about whether or not he's been successful. Sometimes his offense looks like absolute garbage. Other times it performs pretty well. But he just got his quarterback of the future, and he didn't play him this year. That is the only reason I think you could get rid of him because there's something brewing in the water in Chicago, I believe. I think think they could be a semi-successful team. I'm not talking to you about playoffs or anything like that, but semi-successful in the near future. Could this be a game where the loser gets fired? Definitely. And I think Mike Zimmer's getting fired no matter what. But the Minnesota Vikings, I'm going to take them to win this game just because I feel feel like when – when the backs are against the wall in these kind of games, sometimes the worst team just, just comes out. The way the Atlanta Falcons played against the Buffalo Bills last week, the dog in people when when they're being laughed at, when they're being mocked, they just come out with, with a new side of themselves. And, and maybe this is a game we see Dalvin Cook go off. I wouldn't be surprised to see it, one of the top running backs. But another divisional game. Remember, divisional games, always hard to decipher, to pick. I'm noticing this is just full of divisional games, hey, Rich? Week 18. I think week 18, they purposely did that uh, divisional games. Probably they was hoping for some type of excitement or a late playoff push where they would get meaningful games at the end of the season. So I think that's the reason for that. Purposefully is correct, Rich, because every single one is a mm. divisional game. Mm-hmm. And 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 they their goal was met, Rich. This is the first time in 15 years that there's this many teams fighting for playoff spots going into the final week of the season. Normally, yeah. the la- normally the last week in the NFL is a snooze fest. People turn mm-hmm. off the TV, go do something else, go clean the house, clean the gutters. You know what I mean? So, so they did something right in in doing this, I believe. Very, very competitive NFL this year. Think about it like this: 
We just spoke about earlier in the show about the Kansas City Chiefs. What the hell is wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? They don't look like the team of the past. And if the Tennessee Titans lose tomorrow, they could still be the number one seed in the AFC. So that shows you how crazy and and how much competition uh, uh, the NFL brought to the, their fan base this year. And you just mentioned the Tennessee Titans. That's the next game, Rich. It's Titans, it's Texans, and it's in Houston. I just mentioned the dog in some teams who can who can win when, when their backs are against the wall and they can't fight. Derrick Henry, practice this week, not activated for this game. Tennessee goes out, wins this one, secures the number one seed, says Derrick Henry, here's your crown, carry us to the Super Bowl. Tennessee over Houston is my prediction in this game. And I hate to do it. But I have to agree. This this is an important game for the Tennessee Titans. This is a game where they can solidify their first overall seed and give their running back an extra week of rest uh, on that foot so he can come back full strength for the playoffs. I think uh, a week definitely makes a difference. The Tennessee Titans are going to play their players, take this game seriously, and take care of business over the Houston Texans. You guys are listening to the Conflict of Interest podcast with A. Rich and Dan Kelly. We're coming up on the hour mark, so I want to let you all know right now, it's going to be a little bit of a longer episode due to all we have to talk about this week with the games. So if you want to take your break now, feel free. Mm -hmm. Come back on and listen to us later because Mm -hmm. there's some more important games to get to. Rich, Saints and Falcons, definitely not an important game. Let's just give a quick quick winner or loser. Falcons? Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the opposite side of the spectrum and go to Saints. Why? Because, <laughs> because the NFC playoff picture, that last seed, that last slot, is still up for grabs, and the New Orleans Saints and I believe the San Francisco 49ers are those two teams that can possibly get that one playoff spot. The New Orleans Saints are eight and eight. San Francisco 49ers are nine and seven. The New Orleans Saints need that game in order to to make the playoffs. They need the game and need help, but they have to do their job first. I think they do. Saints over the Falcons. Competent quarterback play is uh, overlooked. I told you Matt Ryan's washed. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I still I still believe it. I still believe it to this. But you picking him. Day. But you picking him. But I'm, but I'm picking him, man, <laughs> because. Because as as washed as he is, he's still better than the Atlanta, uh, the New Orleans Saints quarterbacks, all of them. So, you know, I, if Kyle Pitts doesn't play due to the hamstring that that happened against Buffalo last Buffalo. week, maybe, maybe it's a different a different game. But I'm I'm gonna tell you, man, the Falcons showed something last week against the Bills in the first half. If they can put together that kind of game, that's a team that reminds me of the Vikings, man. Like good on paper, but yeah, when it comes yeah. to on field. So uh, another another good game to watch out for is Saints and Falcons 425. Seahawks and Cardinals. Another game that matters for the Cardinals could affect their playoff seating, but I think they're going to take care of business and beat the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. I think they're uh they're going to beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks is definitely not the same team we're accustomed to seeing in previous years. Uh, they have a lot to work on themselves. Is Pete Carroll coming back? Is Russell Wilson getting traded? What the hell is going on over there? 
Uh, Rashad Penny has been doing a tremendous job the last couple of weeks in the run game. But Arizona Cardinals, they look like they finally figured out uh, how to score some points without DeAndre Hopkins. A.J. Green has been getting off a little bit. Uh, I like the Cardinals to win this game. Bookmark this for me, Rich. Bookmark this for me because it's something we don't have time for today. But mm -hmm. I want to get to it next week, and I want to tease it a little bit. Mm -hmm. The problem in Seattle, mm -hmm. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, combination of the two. That's going to be that's going to be what we kick off next week's show with is the okay. Seattle Seahawks and what's going to be best for their franchise moving forward. I I just can't, I came up with it as you were giving your take, so I want I, like I want that bookmarked for us for next week. I like it bookmarked. All right, thank you, thank you very much. Next up, Bills and Jets. But guys, we don't talk about the Bills on the Conflict of Interest podcast. Be sure to stay up to date with everything going on in Built in Buffalo. Pre-game show tomorrow. Rich, you're on, right? Yes, sir. Okay, good. <laughs> That's going to be Dan Kelly, Akeem Richens, Mike Shimbersky, and Justice General on the pre-game show. So nice. be on the lookout. We're very excited to bring that to you. We're not going to tell you anything else about this game because it's hard to come up with topics, guys. This is a this is a tough game because mm -hmm. as fans, as fans, I don't know about you, Rich. I'm gonna let you you let you have your your time as well. I'm overlooking this game. I I don't want to be, but I know I am. I know I'm like, hey, who's next? Goldberg, who's next? <laughs> and you know what? I it's hard not to overlook. I'm curious. I, I, who the hell are we going to play? Is it Cincinnati? Is it is it the Chargers? Is it the Raiders? That's what's on my mind, and I can't help it. But um, I I I want to try my best to remain focused at the topic at hand, and the topic at hand right now is the New York Jets. I don't know if you saw the highlights, maybe on Twitter or surfacing around social media. Uh, 30 years ago when the Buffalo Bills uh, won the AFC crown in Buffalo, fans went wild. Fans went crazy. They shook down and broke down the goalposts. It was it was it was fandomonium in 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 Bill Stadium that day. And I, I, I want to see if that happens tomorrow. That that's what I'm excited about. Are the fans gonna go crazy and tear down the goalposts? What the hell's gonna happen if and when the Buffalo Bills win the AFC crown? at Highmark Stadium. COVID protocols tell me no, but I would absolutely love to see it, Rich. Love to see love it. To see, do you think do you think the people will be thinking about that at the time? Do you think people are going to care no, about no. that time? I, no. I, I I don't I don't think they'll they'll allow them to storm the field the way they did in the 90s. It's just okay. life a is a little life is a little different. Yeah. Okay. I I would absolutely love to see it, but it's one of those things that I'm just I'm not expecting. Let's get back to it, Rich. Panthers and Bucks. Another divisional game, like I mentioned, all divisional games. Uh, Panthers playing for almost nothing. Matt Rule already announced he's coming back. McCaffrey, I believe, still out. Is, is Cam Newton even going to be the quarterback for these for these Carolina Panthers again? Uh, again, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, you think this Darnold. is his last game, or, or Sam Darnold played last week, correct? I believe Sam Darnold played last week, yes. So, so Sam Darnold, we're going to see him again. Does Darnold get Brady once in his career? Because if if Tom Brady wins another ring this year, is that over for him? Is he finally going to hang up the cleats? You know what? I think Tom Brady just loves to play the game of football. I don't think he's one of those guys that's saying to himself, you know what? I just need a championship before. Okay, I okay, 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 Rich, you're wrong. 
Nah. You're, you're wrong because they had that Tom Brady, that Tom Brady documentary come out this year, right? Right. I, I didn't watch it. I'm going to be honest with you. I dislike Tom Brady. But I, I, I heard some quotes from, from Mr. Brady himself. And one of them was that if he beat the Giants in that Super Bowl and went undefeated, he might have already retired by now. Yeah, mm. I mean, that's interesting. I didn't hear that quote because I'm not a Tom Brady fan and I didn't. I'm not a Tom Brady fan either. I'm an NFL <laughs> fan. It's a commercial. What do you want me to do? Tom Brady, I think uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. That was years ago. I think he, if he wanted, he he could have. No, he, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have retired right after it, Rich. I'm saying mm, okay. he might have retired sooner, sooner. Okay. than than he has, and he's going. Okay. Uh, Rich, Bucks are going to win this game, and we're going to agree of on course. it. Of course, of <laughs> course. When it's like this, guys, we can't do anything for you. But let's get on to the next one in this Panthers and Bucks. Really, not not a game that I'm going to have on for sure. Definitely Patriots not. and Dolphins at 4:25. One of the ones that was flexed because there are so many important games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Patriots, Dolphins. Can the Dolphins just say, hey, Patriots, you ruined our lives for the better part of 20 years and knock them out? No, they can't because New England's already in the playoffs no matter what. Mm-hmm. So are the Dolphins going to beat mm-hmm. them, Rich? No. The Dolphins are not going to beat them. The Miami Dolphins was riding high on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, They had a lot to play for last week. That was the most important game of this season last week against the Tennessee Titans, and they lost 34-3. I think the Miami Dolphins are done. Physically, mentally, they're done. New England Patriots are going to win this game. They blew it. You don't have the mindset. It's just how it goes. Now, if there was a scenario where the Patriots could be eliminated from the playoffs – this may be a different game. Possibly. We know the bad blood between the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins, but mm-hmm. ah, Rich, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I have to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, New England Patriots over the Miami Dolphins. It's and and we hope not. Do we? Do you want to see the Patriots if you're the Buffalo Bills on Wild Card Weekend? Yes. True. <laughs> I do want to see the Patriots wild card weekend. You I mean, would you would rather see the Patriots than see the Bengals or the Raiders? Well, the if the well Raiders give I'll take the, out of those three teams I would take I the think, Raiders. I don't think it can be the Raiders, right? Because the Raiders might only move up to the sixth spot. Buffalo would be at four. They can move four. up to three. They can move up to three with a Cincy loss, right? With a Cincy loss, yes. So so I guess it is possible that, to meet them. Raiders probably the number one option, right? Right, to, right. To see. But the most likely scenario as of right now, Saturday night, Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots is probably going to be the matchup, especially, especially if New England beats Miami and keeps their footing, which we are predicting happens. You don't want to – you don't, one question for you. you don't What's wanna, up, Rich? You don't want to see the Cincinnati Bengals? No. <laughs> okay. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. And 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 there's there's one reason. It's the fact that the Buffalo Bills secondary may be the best in the league, but they are still missing Tredavious White. And ha- how many times over the past 
since since Tredavious went, went down, how many times have the Bills played a team with a wide receiver that is as dangerous as Jamar Chase? Once. And it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game mm-hmm. with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and at the time, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Their receiving core, dangerous. Their running back, dangerous. Their quarterback, confident. Their defense, atrocious. Do I want to see the Bengals? No. Would I be scared of playing the Bengals? A teensy, tiny bit. But okay. as, as of your opinion, Rich, and I, and I want to say I hate agreeing with you, I think the Buffalo Bills can beat any team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be difficult depending on depending on who it is. 49ers, 49ers and Rams in LA. You mentioned the 49ers are fighting for a playoff spot. The Rams are going to say, eh, 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 man. They've been on another level recently. Odell Beckham's been playing great. Give me the Rams over the 49ers. I just don't, I don't think the Niners have done enough. And and the question remains: what would happen if if both the 49ers and the Saints lose? the 49ers still get in as of having a better record. So they really just have to watch that game and see what they have to do. Well, um, I agree with that 100%. I, I will say that I'm going to San Francisco 49ers this game. Why? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm going 49ers. Uh, are you are you just trying to disagree with me, Rich? Yes, is this a, is this a yes. non-genuine take? Are you are you taking them just just to disagree? Uh I'm I'm taking them because yes, to answer the question to disagree. And two, my uh Sean McVay struggles against Kyle Shanahan teams. I, I have to go ahead and look look it up, but I believe uh Kyle Shanahan uh gets the best of Sean McVay in head-to-head meetings. Once again, don't quote me. I'm going to look it up. But uh, just his style of play, just his just his presence as a as an offensive play caller gives the gives the Rams trouble in, in recent memory. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They have Trey Lance, who's a, who's a dual-threat quarterback, who I like how they have him right now playing. They have him playing in, in safe in a safe offense where you're lining up under center, you're handing it off. You have Debo Samuel back there. You have Mitchell. You have Justin Wilson back there. The creativity and their play calling along with the combination of things their quarterback can do along with the success Kyle Shanahan has against Sean McVay. Uh, I believe the 49ers are going to win this game and ultimately get that final playoff spot. Rich, confidence is a thing in in today's NFL, right? It, it's a thing that matters a lot. And the way that the Rams have been playing as of late is something that's that's not going to stop. If you if you lose this game and, and you're the Los Angeles Rams, all your momentum is gone before the playoffs start. How, how do you feel if you just let the 49ers beat you and let them get into the playoffs? Because barring what happens earlier on in the game, they may not be able to, mm-hmm. but but letting your division in there, very uh, bad. Matthew Stafford playing very well. I, I just I, I don't I don't see the 49ers, and I think you picked that just to just to get under my skin, which is mm-hmm. fine. 
I'm going to get under your skin all of tomorrow, pregame show, postgame show. Make sure to, to stay tuned with what's Tune going in for on. that. Tune in for that. Yep. We, we get to the main event, Rich, Chargers and Raiders. Just kneel it. Just kneel it. But you need <laughs> you need Jacksonville to win first. That That's yeah. the first thing. So once that happens, that scenario is out. But before we get to the prediction, Rich, mm-hmm. who's the more dangerous team when it comes to the playoffs? Is it the Los Angeles Chargers? Is it the Las Vegas Raiders? Now, you spoke about the Cincinnati Bengals being a dangerous team, and I I do agree. Uh, and I think we also agree that we will both like to see the rather see the Raiders, but the Chargers, they can be a dangerous team, and that can be an interesting first round matchup for the Buffalo Bills if they sneak in and get that six seed and we get the three seed because the secondary. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both uh, north of 1,000 yards uh, receiving, both wide receivers. They have Austin Eckler back there, who is a dual threat running back. And I think they can pose some problems offensively for the Buffalo Bills, uh, for the Buffalo Bills team. And their defense is opportunistic with Darren James, and they have some ballers over there. So I think this uh, Los Angeles Chargers, if they get in, can be a, a, a formidable opponent and a very dangerous team. So I, I I really like, you know, I really like what uh Brandon Staley has done his first year. And uh hopefully for his sake they get in. I have the Chargers winning this game. The Chargers are the more dangerous team. And it's it's going off of paper. It's going right. off of of names that you have and how they play together. Most definitely. And and props go out to Derek Carr because the Raiders have been having a terrible year when it comes to the media, when it comes to the scrutiny, and he's done everything he can to hold that together. That's a guy that I think is losing his hair because of the organization he's with. He's getting older. He feels like he's older because of the, the failure he's dealt with. So props to Derek Carr. But the Chargers are the more dangerous team. They, Herbert, I believe, is better than Derek Carr. They have guys on defense. You mentioned Derwin James being one of them. They have Joey Bosa. They have a pass rush. They they have a good football team. So the fact that they're still playing for a playoff spot hurts if you're the Buffalo Bills and, and you're playing this team. But I also want to mention the fact that the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, whatever incarnation you want to speak about them as, has never reached a Super Bowl. They always get knocked out in the playoffs. I believe the furthest they've made it was the was the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So that may be on, on history's side when it comes to the Chargers in the playoffs, but it's a new regime, a new head coach, no more Phillip Rivers for the Chargers hasn't been for a little while, but maybe all that's gone. I would rather see the Raiders, as Ridge mentioned. It's just mm-hmm. a better matchup. What are the Raiders going to do? You you saw what Josh Allen did to that Raiders defense last year. You saw what Stefan Diggs did when he teabagged the Raiders <laughs> quarterback. We we seen the way the Buffalo Bills play. Are we scared of the Chargers? No. No. Is it a tough matchup? Yes. Yes. But 
one one other thing we didn't take into consideration, Rich, that game would be in Buffalo. Chargers, a dome team. So maybe if Buffalo can figure out how to play in their own weather, that could be an advantageous an advantage for the Buffalo Bills. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I can't wait until tomorrow night where the playoff seedings and, and, and the matchups are set in stone so we can see exactly who everybody plays, especially our Buffalo Bills. And on our postgame show, Rich, we're not going to have the news of whether it's the Chargers or the Raiders because that game is going to be going on at the same time. Yes. Yes, it so, is. So there's going to be a lot of back and forth action. A lot of back and forth. Crossover. So, mm-hmm. so guys, make sure you're staying up to date with everything going on in Built in Buffalo. Justice General's on Monday night. He'll be he'll be covering, I'm sure, what has happened Sunday night that we we aren't able to get to. Yep. But this so, has been the conflict of interest. You've been mm-hmm. you've been listening to the real Dan Kelly, Akeem Richens, King Rich underscore nine eight seven B I B. If you don't know us. Get to know, Get to know us, us. Sign us off. Ah, uh, Dan Kelly, A. Rich, Akeem Rich's conflict of interests. Please tune in to Dan Kelly's pregame show tomorrow. Is it two or three, Dan? Two o'clock, two p.m. Two p.m. Two hours before the Bills kick off against the Jets. Uh, myself, I will be on the show. Mike, uh, Mike will be on the show, and Justice will be on the show as well. Tune in to the post game show tomorrow night with myself, and I'm putting them on the spot. Dan Kelly, are you joining me? You know I will be there. And before before I hand the mic back to my partner, I want to mention the pregame show tomorrow. As much Buffalo Bills as we'd like to talk, because this is an important game, it's for the division, there's going to be a lot to talk about around the league. Those 1 o'clock games are going to be going on. We're going to be giving you scenarios that are going on because, like I mentioned, it's hard to stay focused on this Jets game when there's so much riding on the line, man. Right, man. Right, man. So tomorrow uh, is going to be a fun-filled, jam-packed day. Please, please tune into the pregame show tomorrow. While the games are going on, we're going to keep up to date with what's going on uh, in tomorrow's events. Uh, but once again, this has been the Conflict of Interest. Dan Kelly, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. Until next time. Go Bills. Go Bills.